week, I'm joined by a special guest as we discuss the biggest battle yet in My Hero Academia. All this on the special episode of The Big Eyes Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the Big Eyes Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, This week, we are about to break down probably one of the biggest manga moments, like currently, that is that's about to happen. And to do this, I have a returning guest and my good friend Mills. He is back. So welcome, Mills. Hey, what's up? Uh, Good to be back. Feels good to be back. Yeah, definitely. Um, happy you're back because me and you have kind of a lot to talk about. Like, there is, there's a lot of things we have to uncover for people to, to get ready for what is about to happen in, um, My Hero Academia, which is the big paranormal liberation front versus, um, the heroes. So, how how are you feeling right now? Latest chapter, like where it ended, like how are you feeling about it? right now so i think the latest chapter actually probably the chapter before that i would say probably chapter 258 kind of inspired me um because of you can kind of feel the tension of the things that are going on and i say that in regards to like we're getting a lot of these cliffhangery endings with a lot of the chapters and it isn't just kind of like wrapping up and it's like oh we'll see you next time it's more so like and watch what happens next type of deal um but we're getting a lot of these cliffhangers. And I think what happened in, in at least 258, um, where it was just something brief. It was like um, the day that the, you know, the ci- no heroes were left in the city or something along those lines. Maybe it was 257 or something rather. But it was like one of those chapters where I was like, oh, something is going on. And I originally thought it was like, oh, does that mean everyone's about to die? Um, <laughs> but no. Um, but a lot of things have just inspired me and I would say sort of in the latest chapter, it all kind of came to a head and it's inspired me to at least go look back heavily at everything that's going on and everything that's tying in because kind of, I would say the whole series thus far has been kind of building up to this moment, everything from season one of the actual show or the early chapters of it is kind of leading up to now and it's kind of like a spectacular thing to kind of see before our own eyes yeah definitely like you can you can tell this is kind of the big thing that they have really been building to um you know this is where a lot of loose ends i'll say will just we're starting to tie together um you start to see big plans finally start to come to fruition for even like the league of villains uh, you see, even for Deku, like you start seeing his purpose um, become more clear of like what is his what is his really his role for having uh, one for all, and yeah, I definitely feel that this moment that is coming is is now is something that we have been all kind of been waiting for of just this like of this big battle of you know the the forces of good versus the forces of evil. And, and seeing that, you know, seeing this, all this come and like start to meet right in the middle. Um, right. I think 
just in general, especially with the specifics of this chapter, 259, it's kind of like their whole plan has come together is more so what 259 is because they kind of have a plan. They've been sort of forewarned about this major attack that's going to happen due to some very good spying and some very good um, other major things that have happened throughout the entire city and, and, and just investigation work by the, you know, the police in the city and everything like that um they've kind of been tipped off to what's happening and this is kind of like a plan coming together um with all of the heroes deciding they're going to leave the city because they need as much heroes as they can because they're hearing an army of in in the hundred of thousands um are coming to take over everything and so they pretty much equip themselves with every hero possible and they go storm the hospital and that's kind of like where we end up because the hospital, I mean, just reading these chapters for the last number of weeks and reading in a segmented fashion, and it's kind of why I like enjoying binge reading, binge reading of this entire thing as opposed to like reading chapter by chapter, but I can't help myself, to be honest with you. Um, it's why I love binge reading because you kind of get to see the entire story play out all together as opposed to kind of like waiting from chapter to chapter to see living with the events in this chapter as kind of its own and not really seeing it for what it was because as you said there's a lot of through lines that have been building up and everything that's been going through and it's really building up to this major moment that we have here um yeah definitely I th i'm kind of, i'm with you on that in terms of just i really do enjoy binge reading all of uh everything like multiple chapters at once instead of like chapter by chapter especially kind of what's been going on in my hero because like it, it's really one big story and sometimes reading chapter by chapter you're only getting kind of clips of what's going on instead of just kind of like a full kind of view of what of a picture that they're trying to make or like the situation uh, but one big I guess you could say kind of loosen or a, a something that kind of comes together is it comes with the doctor um dr ruta shiga who you know was once you know who had a name change um he was originally dr derumo ujiko um but no no because he's, of he's still that i mean he's still that i believe i think just his actual real name which was revealed in this chapter like they were they kind of like had maruta shiga um was the real name referenced in this chapter and i think that's the thing that's eventually going to change like ugh. oh yeah definitely once a, yeah once it's uh revealed so you know i don't know if you want to share this but yeah in terms of just his actual name there's like some backstory behind it that didn't actually sit well with fans especially in japan yeah definitely um i the backstory to his name is um was a code name for in experimentation, um, this is come from the Anime News Network. Um, Ruta referred to the code name for human experimentation undertaken by the Imperial Japanese Army Unit 731 during the Second Sino-Japanese War of World War II. Um, the, so they were using victims um, to use experimentation. And I think, you know, Especially when it comes to what his real role is, which is experimentation, human experimentation inside the story. I could definitely see how that can um, not sit right with a lot of people. 
Yeah. So I mean, I can I can see that as well. I get the kind of there's a lot of things with anime, and in terms of the names that they chose, there's always a history and or something behind the names, unless you're maybe like Dragon Ball, which is like just vegetables. But there's always <laughs> like something behind the name, and they kind of took a very much so a darker route. Um, not completely mad at it, but I can see why people would be offended by this, especially considering um, this is kind of like a worldwide phenomenon at this point. Um, people in Japan and things like that, um, and especially dealing with experimentation in World War II, this is kind of big things. If you read a lot about World War II, I I have I find that period of history kind of interesting, as opposed to you know I I'm not normally a history buff. I find that period of history quite interesting. Um, but in terms of all the experimentation that happened, a lot of like children, elderly, pregnant women, mentally handicapped that were purposely, it says purposely infected with diseases, dissected, lobotomized and amputated while still alive during this era. So it says that uh, many have pointed out the name that Shiga Maruda in this week's jump chapter has been brought up um, recollections of acts done in the past. I did not intend for my name to be associated with such. I take this matter very seriously and will change the name. Um, that is what um, the My Hero Academia Koi Hiru, uh, Hori Koshi um, has said about that. So it's, we'll be getting a name change, but this doctor is pretty much like, when you talk about things coming full circle, you talk about episode one of this doctor. And yeah, I th- I think it flew over people's head. It certainly flew over mine, and it took me more than one. I mean, I always thought he looked it, but I didn't know that they were kind of the same since they never referenced the doctor's name in the first episode. Um, But you see that the doctor from the first episode of My Hero Academia, who originally diagnosed um, um, Deku as quirkless, um, is one in the same of the doctor that is currently part of the League of Nations, part of the paranormal, um, what is this? The paranormal, uh, paranormal liberation front, part of the paranormal liberation front that is really here. And, and most, more importantly, um, the man who created the Nomus, the man who is the right hand man to, um, one for all, um, just everything you know yeah yeah and he you know they they really position him he's really kind of the evil genius behind um a lot of things that for the league of villains like you said the nomus being the right hand man for um one for all and uh even now like the experimentation of what what's going on with shigaraki and like powering him up um, but there's one thing that, I mean, we, we've kind of talked about this outside of this, but how would you feel if the doctor was part of the reason why Deku doesn't, didn't have a quirk? Like, what if he, you know, like if there was like some long history behind him taking Deku's quirk or, you know, uh, some type of time, how would that make you feel if they kind if they slid that in? Um, so I would say I initially flirted with the idea as well, because I do think it's an interesting wrinkle having that doctor from episode one now kind of pulled up in episode, you know, 259 and you, and you see kind of the history of it. And they got a lot of history from it in terms of he's someone who owned, who's done a lot of, I mean, it's 
billed as for the general public um, under his doctor distinction, like his not necessarily his like evil doctor distinction, but his regular distinction. He is a acclaimed doctor. He owns many orphanages and, you know, he does a lot of philanthropic work. Um, but you're learning all that philanthropic work has really kind of been underseated with a belly of evil. And it's like, it's a, sorry, not underseated, but featured under the underbelly of it all is kind of like evil. Like it's, it's all this work and you realize that he may have been stealing quirks from kids from this orphanages to feeds for all for one, or he may have been using lost kids and orphans themselves, experimenting on them, creating them into nomus. Um, we know, and, and it ties back to another chapter, which is why there's so much different threads going on there because just a few chapters ago, right. Um, and, and especially a few episodes ago that you were talking about on this podcast, um, you talk about the whole Aizawa and present Mike um, sort of situation where you find out Kurogiri, which was the right-hand man for Tomoru Shigaraki. Um, he, was, he was a Nomu, but they discovered through a lot of experimentation themselves that he was originally a person who had class with, um, who had class with President Mike and Aizawa when they were both in, you know, in, in, in class 1A or class 2A at the time in UA high school. So he was originally Oboru Shirakumo and he was one person i mean he died during a you know just a, a, a it's just i think it was more so a freak accident that he kind of died during a mission and then you find out that he was instead of being like laid to rest or something along those lines his body was being experimented and he was being you know transformed into a nomu so you kind of like <laughs> the 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 whole doctor thing it's it's insane to actually think about it and it's insane to actually see all this experiment it kind of like takes this entire thing which is entire kind of kid show to a new freaky dark kind of level that they're doing experimentations on dead people kids stealing all their quirks and all these other things and the i think the doctor was highlighted a lot in in this chapter and they had to have just reason for kind of you know moving in on him and the one thing that they found they managed to get a picture of a room that's not really accessible and they saw a tiny nomu i mean a, a nomu the size of kevin hart with <laughs> on, um, with eyes and that was like bobby portis and, <laughs> and that uh that panel was so funny to me because it, it really was like a I, it was it's very hard to explain what that nomu was it it was just yeah it it was the just this little generally, yeah they're mutants like they're very none of them look particularly good the first nomu that we saw looked like a damn bird um and 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 they're still creating more nomus especially if you go back to the to the um what was it i think it was the daika city i don't know if it's called the daika city arc but whatever the villains arc that villain arc where you got all the production yeah. of the villains like and we're, we're definitely going to touch on that soon because I feel that the uh, the the Battle of Dyker, the Dyker City arc, was definitely it. That's where things really start to, I think, ramp up when it comes to this this final battle of you know what what to come. You know, uh, I think the the Battle of Dyker, Dyker City arc, it, it really starts letting us in on 
I, I know a lot of things. Like, because, you know, for I think the big thing, too, is that we really thought that, you know, All For One was really the big villain. And that's really the main villain that they kind of, you know, focused on. Um, but within that arc, you, they start introducing other big villains that are ha- like that were happening at the same time, and seeing how their missions um, kind of tied into what All for One is. So I, I think that arc really, um, really is the the beginning of them being like, okay, we're about to go all like we've been hinting at this battle for a long time, and now. I think that was the arc that we were really like, okay, now this is about to start. Like now you can you can get ready for, you know, what you've been been waiting for for a very long time. So generally, I mean, I I just want to kind of frame this for sort of everybody who's listening right now because there's a lot of things to sort of um, digest when it comes to building up for this moment that we're building up, and I hope. You know, just as you said before, we hope it kind of lives up to the expectations because this is quite frankly, I mean, it is the Infinity War of arcs. It is the it is the major battle with all the heroes. And this is kind of like the culmination of everyone's training thus far. This is the biggest thing that all the students have been involved in, kind of the biggest thing that the city has been put through or just society itself has been put through, especially since losing their symbol of freedom all might and having to sort of you know pick up the pick up the scraps um but to kind of like frame this for instance i would say and and to kind of like tie up link some like ends this i would say the precursor for everything really kind of starts at the end of the shy hasaki sort of thing which we just we we literally just finished in the anime right yeah definitely so a lot of it is, um, and sorry to cut you off, um, I say a lot of it starts there because it's kind of like you get the kind of League of Villains kind of like they're kind of stirring a little bit. And I think the League of Villains it deserves a little, well, actually more than a little bit of conversation about these things. Because first of all, when he takes, you know, we see him take... Um, overhauls entire arm and things like that and gets a level of retribution i'm talking about tomura shigaraki um he gets a level of retribution for that but it's still not enough and you get to you 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 see him and then you flash forward to a couple chapters later and they're like living in this like this trap house in the middle of nowhere where (laughs) they're all crammed in it's like six of them there's only six it's the league of villains but it might as well be like a group of bandits because (laughs) about like six or seven of them and they're all pretty powerful on their own but there's no army how can they have any influence without any power they're looking at overhaul and he's controlling all these things and he's controlling like the black market and doing all these things and has so much control but the guys can barely find something to eat that's even really good and they're living at the beginning of the um at the beginning of the oh god i forgot what what uh what the name is i'm just gonna we're gonna continue to call it the dyka city arc but um at the beginning of that arc you kind of see that and they have to prove themselves and go through this whole trial and tribulation meanwhile on the other side of things on the hero side of things the world is still trying to live with like yo endeavor's the number one hero like you got to be shitting me like right now like he is awful he is terrible he's no all might he stinks 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you definitely do see that. Yeah, um, and he's he's even trying to deal with it himself. Like you watch the latest episode. If you watch the latest episode, he's sitting down with um with All Might himself, and he's asking him the question about the symbol of peace. And All Might's kind of like let him know. And they've been at odds forever because number one, number two. But like All Might has nothing in the game, and Endeavor's really kind of assumed the role as number one hero. But he still he re- he hears everything that's going on. He hears the people doubting him. He hears that he's not as good as All Might. He hears all these other things. And they have, like, this brief discussion um, about, like, what does the symbol of peace mean? And All Might pretty much extends to him, like, listen, there's no way. I see everyone comparing to you to me. We are completely different people. And you need to find out what your kind of symbol of peace is and how you're going to instill you know safety and instill that that sense of like calmness within the people with the hero work that you do so you have to find that for yourself and you have to get the people kind of on your side and you have to build up that um rapport with the people and build up the trust kind of like he did um and 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 it's all once again it's all building up to this moment you talk about and just running through quickly the whole endeavor thing where he fought that nomu and he nearly died and got his face completely scarred from it and building it up that was building it up as people you know beginning to find trust in endeavor because he went all out and he sacrificed damn near his life to do all that and you know once again in parallel the daika city arc where they're going over and they're and and they're destroying the entire city and they're going through this all these all the villains are going through their own metamorphoses and transformations and all this other stuff and they're becoming stronger as well so it's kind of like a tale of completely two sides between the heroes and the villains that are currently leading up to this entire thing Um, yeah um i think one thing that you definitely did touch on too is um endeavor becoming the number one hero and one thing too that isn't really stated but is alluded to is endeavor hates how he got the number one hero like he hates yeah. how he got that um yeah. that title it was, Be- by, it was by default it wasn't he didn't earn it it was by default he he lost he attained it by default he attained it because all might can't go anymore which has got to hurt him yeah, and I think that is one thing too, where it's like I didn't. He feels he hasn't earned this title, and not only does he not feel it, but the people feel it too that he has not earned this title as number one hero. But regardless if they want him there or not, he's there, and he's gonna have to figure out how to be the number one hero. Um, and he's trying to learn that pretty much during a time of of kind of chaos it's like it's chaos and transition you know right. you have all the you know you have the league of villains there's still the attacks there's still this kind of eerie feeling after you know um after all might pretty much steps down and you know he he has to step up during that moment and, and has to grow at a rapid pace right um because, you, you know, know and, this is the moment to kind of strike. I mean, they haven't been able to assume full power because All Might has got in their way. And All Might is really still, I mean, albeit that All Might kind of lost the war. He won the battle in facing one for all and managing to lock him up behind bars. Um, but they kind of won the entire war in that sense because All Might's now out of commission. So they know this is the time to strike. And they're sitting, like I talk about it in the beginning of that Meta Liberation Army type of deal. Uh, they're sitting in there. And the I'm talking about the League of Villains. They're sitting in their, you know, the bando or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> they're sitting there and they're wondering, like, they aren't, 
they aren't strong enough. They aren't built enough. They're, they don't have any influence. They don't have any numbers and they can't really do anything. And it's not until the Dr. Uji, you know, Ujiko uh, comes in and because they're trying to necessarily find the next step and find the thing and trying to control the giant fucking giant megazord that lives in the forest. Yo, that was so that was that was so random but so yeah. like I, I don't know why was one for all just keeping giant just tucked like just tucked well, in the forest. It was so it was meant always as a last resort because it was meant like in case something happened to me um this is kind of like our, our trump card this is in case and and he i think he always knew something would happen to him because as long as the symbol of peace is after him like and this war is being waged like all might is the reason why all for one looks like looked like the mangled mess that he did when they fought um that he had to build his he's barely operating he's operating on like this mobile life support as opposed to he doesn't even have a face like he's been blown <laughs> yeah. off to bits um so this was always meant as the trump card um but the idea that tomorrow sugar rocky kind of still has to earn that i mean dr ujiko pretty much said like you have to earn his trust and you, he has to see that you were strong enough to be able to do these things before he you can ever control him um until then he will destroy all of you and that's kind of what the the Dyka city arc the metal liberation army arc kind of was where it's he, they go into the city six seven people strong they're like they're they're currently being affected by you know i think one of the the guy in charge destro or redestro at least um he steals like their the person their dealer or something and he's got to go back and he's like yo we're gonna you know we got to get our dealer and they try to make a pact and all this other thing you know if you read the arc it's pretty long and it's pretty fucking fun to be honest with you like it's something no it, it's it's definitely a really good arc and um partly because the reason why I love it so much is there are no heroes in that arc like it's really villains versus no villains heroes, at least yeah. Yeah, no major heroes, I guess you say. Uh, but it's like, it, it's villains versus villains. And you really get to see, you know, Shigaraki really step into what, you know, One for All had planned for him. Right. Because even even at the end of the first season, or the, um, you know, when, you know, the big battle between One for All and All for One happened, and... um. One for all was losing, or he he sent Shigaraki on to escape. You know he he pretty much tells him like you know like you're the real purpose here. Like you're really the vessel here, and I'm I'm just here to kind of push you into to what you I want to be. And you know when you look at the Dyke City arc, it really you really start to see him like okay this is my purpose. Of this is what One for All wants me to become. Right. Um. And, go ahead. Oh, and like when you're talking about them, um, the, the League of Villains struggling at that moment, you know, like you said, like they, they're really they're in the projects, you know, it, like they're they are they're hungry, they're starving. And I, I kind of like that sense of like realism that they put in there because, you know, you, you he's like, I we can't we could can be villains, but we have no monetary anything. 
Like we really can't do any of our ideas yeah. or our plans no, without any. They have no power. They have no army. They're gonna run into the same problem that they kind of go against all the time. Where I mean, they could steal, I guess, a set of kids. But like, what does that accomplish ultimately? Do they? Do you get to take over a city? Do we be king? Or all the heroes vanquished? No, nothing really solves this problem. They could cut off um, Overhaul's arms until they could cut off the rest of his limbs. But what really does that accomplish? Even with the bullets that um, that they have that erases quirks um they have all of that but again what can they accomplish can they replicate those bullets no um because they have no money because they're poor um can they assume power by taking by defeating villains no i mean defeating heroes no because all the so many heroes are up against them they, there's a billboard top 100 list of heroes <laughs> and any one of them, any top 40 hero could smash him in the face and end them entirely. So it's like they go against the same problem. And, you know, we talk about this arc and I don't think we have to go through it in entirely, but it's a it's once again, it's a really powerful arc in terms of just you get a lot of backstory on the villains and you've got a lot of history on them and you see the growth of them and you see the kind of darkness that has seeded them has been seeded inside of them and that has blossomed and what have they grown into at the end of this arc and what have they've grown into they legitimately hustled their way through this entire arc and now at the end of the arc you know shigaraki's sitting there he's sitting on his throne with like this like fur coat and like new sneakers and like, <laughs> like this is like the lap not like completely lavish but they have attained everything that they've wanted they have an entire army they have people that they are supporting them on you know without any fail they have the the technology they have the communications they have the money they have the people they have the power they have everything at the end of that arc and that is what's truly scary and what's even more scary is that up until the end of that arc none of the heroes in the other city knew what went on and yeah that was what was really scary about it because it was this entire sort of assimilation of power and it's an entire regime change in that city and it's such on the outskirts of everything even the destruction of itself they said the destruction of itself um rivaled it's even bigger than the kirishima one which was the one between one for all and all might and it rivaled that one it was even bigger for that but they have no idea what went on over there except that there was a major regime change and it, it, there's so many things that go on that leads us into this arc with all the intel and hawks and uh, you know the doctor and the transition of Tomura Shigaraki moving on from that point there's so much going on it's kind of like why the story is finally reaching its big climaxing moment definitely and you know we're um, going back to Daika City arc um, one of the big things here is it's who Shigaraki is fighting, which is another villain named Redistro, who is the descendant of a villain before named uh, Destro. And really, Destro's really whole movement was behind, you know, the liberation of metahumans. So, you know, he wanted metahumans to, you know, live separate, be separate than than people who do not have power so they're able to use their powers freely however they want to there is no kind of constrictions 
around how people can use their powers. As you know, as you can tell, you know, there's there's rules and regulations of how heroes can even use their own powers. You know, like you have to get licenses and all these things. Um, and Redestro was really one of those people who wanted to to relive that mission. And you know, the Dyke City arc is a battle between the League of Villains and uh and what was formerly known as the Metahuman Liberation Army. Um, and as you see that, you see um in that battle between Shiragi and Redestro which was which is a great battle by the way which is was really amazing to uh to read and see um but you see you know you you first you tap into Shigaraki's backstory of just like who is this kid and how did he end up you know becoming uh who he is today and as you look into his backstory you kind of see the similarities between him and Deku of you know he really didn't have a quirk until uh until it ran kind of came up um when he he lost control of his emotions um you see that but you know this battle you see redestro bow down to shiraki and i think that was just a really big moment that was kind of uh, that was chapter 239 was the end of that battle but it's a really big moment because you really get to know shiraki does get everything that he needs um and redestro as he bows down to him and say like he's this new leader um shigaraki's kind of just like you know yeah I'm cool being your leader but i'm only really using you guys so i can get the things that i want like he really doesn't care about their mission he just cares about what they can offer him to help his own mission um i mean it's a it's an end for a means because he has everything that he wants through them as opposed to i mean it's a very radical view and it and it's something it's similar to the radical views of stain that kind of shape the way people are in the arc and it's kind of like why i love this show and the underlying reason why i love this show because everything isn't so singular there is and everything isn't so black and white like heroes and villains and you see a character like hawks for instance who is kind of like he is he is the spy but you're kind of wondering is he playing both sides um but he's 100% i mean it looks like he's just 100% a spy for them um but um there he is someone who's a shades of gray because i feel like he does believe kind of a little bit in what they're preaching from you know their book and the liberation the liberation army meta liberation army and all this other stuff in the book that was kind of um let out there by the original destro um he kind of believes all of that but it's like also like but he's a hero and he has to deal with all these things as well so it's a very interesting kind of way that we get there and i love that you know at the end of the arc it's kind of like whoa we are at this moment that is kind of like a it's it's very nuts yeah i and I, I like how you said it is at the end of that arc, it's it's like a it's a haunting image you get at the end of just you know Shigaraki sitting on this throne and him looking at you know tens, hundreds of thousands of villains and they're just like they're all behind what he wants to do. They're all behind, you know, like let's get rid of the hero like and you they end on this image and like you said like none of the heroes truly understand what happened in um in Daiga City 
like they they know that a catastrophe happened. They know that you know people have you know heroes died. Like there's this big catastrophe, but they don't truly understand the the circumstances that are that are surrounding it and like the what what's really next, you know, what's coming up next. You know what that battle really meant. Um, so you you know you end the art really with you know this eerie feeling of like oh crap like what is about to go on next like <laughs> they are you know it, it really starts ramping up and i even, we've even talked about this when i went over the overhaul arc on a previous episode of that arc you know the overhaul arc really was a turning point for my hero you know it they really started to to ramp up on on the stakes and the things that are truly happening and kind of the the darkness that is that's happening in the story now um you know you you're starting to see uh you know more people die you know you starting to see like kind of the the more sinister kind of come out and i i've been enjoying it so much um because they are they're really taking this story something that was kind of once really i want you to say once but like it was it was lighthearted in a sense. Like there was there was some lightness to it, and they're kind of taking that lightness away. Um, and I'm I'm excited to see how they're doing it because it, it's still very enjoyable to read. It's it's not like too intense to the point where it feels like they're trying too hard, but you know it it adds more pressure and it adds more kind of like oh man, like what's gonna happen next? It keeps you more on the edge of your seat now. Um, and I, you know, when I first started watching the show, first started reading it, I was really wondering if they, if they would go this far. You know, I'm just like, you know, like even like I said before, like all for one didn't even die. You know, they, they, you know, they, you know, they didn't kill him, and he was like, like the big bad villain. All they did was really lock him up. So I'm like, oh man, like what, what's gonna happen next? But as you know, after this overhaul, you really start seeing things like kind of it gets much more dark and it gets much more heavy. Um, um I, I want to ask you just in general, and I know this is your show, but I'm still like interested in all these things that are going on. So, um, but I want to ask you just about now, like, we, we talk about the league of villains and their development, but let's talk about the heroes for instance, right? Because they're all going through their own little bit of development. I want to know what's kind of like, the most interesting part to you is it kind of the 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 build of endeavor as becoming the number one hero and kind of like assuming that role and whatever it is is it the the sort of um the double agent hawks who is like did he kill best genus or didn't he kill best genus we don't know <laughs> um, or is it the development of the kids who seem to be and and this is kind of like a wild statement um the the students and just society itself there's so much pressure and i still think once again this is all stemming from all might stepping down as a symbol of peace and i know he feels a lot of pressure for all this as well um the kids themselves essentially being thrown into war and having to be prepared for war and they don't know it yet they don't know it at all. They still don't know it currently. Yeah, I don't um, I don't know why they keep doing this to them where they would just be like, hey, we're about to meet up here at this time, but we're not going to tell you why. Just come suited up and prepared. They did that. Right. 
but I you know, think they, you know what I think it's for the lack. I think it's more so for people don't exaggerate or people because ultimately these are still kids. These are sixteen-year-old kids, right? But you're kind of like unknowingly throwing them into war. And while they are prepared in some instance because they have gone against sort of major villains and they have held their own, um, they're still kids. But they're throwing them into this war because the in, all the intel they've gotten and the the police and and everyone the fbi whoever it is um investigation um all the intel that they've gotten have said like this is big we need everyone involved so i'm kind of interested in terms of your take in terms of like what's the most interesting thing to you about this is it any of the three that i name is it something else like what, what's been most interested for you on the hero side of development i think for me on the hero side of development, I have I have kind of talked about this before, but I really do and have been enjoying the growth of Endeavor. Like that has been one of my favorite parts of all of this because you know, before when we first meet Endeavor, uh, we really, you know, we, we see this kind of hard ass, you know, this this fiery, no pun intended, but like this really intense hero who is who is just dead set on beating All Might, you know that and that's our introduction to him. But when this, you know, once now when you see him, he's there's this like sense of maturity in him, but like you you can tell that he takes these stakes really serious, and you really can say uh you really see that when he takes on um, Deku, Bakugo, and Todoroki as, you know, f- he brings them all in to work for his agency. Mm-hmm. And him knowing in the back of my mind, of his mind of, like, you know, no Hawk passes him the, the secret uh, message that in four months, you know, there's going to be this big attack. A very, I would say with that moment, a very dramatic moment. Even in, like, it's something that I'm sure that will be amplified 100% in the actual show whenever we get there, probably like 2020 or 2023 or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> um, but whenever we get there, but a truly dramatic moment to actually read. And I love the way that they did the panels and the text and they kind of like, everything is kind of like standing out and you're like holy shit like like the 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 panels were like it's just the eyes or it's like yeah. a very close-up on their face just the words to me yeah just even the words and like highlighting the words and it was like se- second word i mean i wouldn't be able to decipher that at all from just the speaking thing i'm like all right whatever man this is the second time you're telling me this i heard you the first time um, <laughs> yeah but he, you know just this kind of decipher that and figure all that out i'm just like whoa this is this is heavy shit but yeah, I mean, I think Endeavor has just been amazing thus far in this arc. He has been, and I think one thing that isn't once again is one one thing I've really been enjoying about Endeavor is that they they don't say things, but they allude to things. And I feel like during this arc, you start seeing him grow as a man especially with his family and you, you know you they have the moment where you know he brings them over for dinner he you know you meet all his family you kind of see the dynamic but he kind of looks like a man that's preparing to die mm-hmm. of just like how he's now interacting with his kids the things that he's doing like you know his level of protection for his you know of him trying to make it right you know with his sons and all that like he looks like a man that is preparing to die and because he 
he understands the stakes of what's going to happen. He understands that when we go into this battle, lives might be lost. And one of my, like, my life might be one of those lives, you know, that that's taken. And you just see him. Son, right? Yeah. And you just, you just see this, this shift in him of just even how he, how he just interacts and how he does things and how he's even coaching, um, you know, the, the new big three of them coming in and really, you know, he's, he's pretty much like, listen, I'm going to get you guys to the top level as fast as possible. Like he is Mm -hmm. fast tracking like their, their education and, you know, you you just you just see this this different type of guy show up, and you know it. it I think it, it was just, it's really beautiful to see because the, just the development of it, you know, and especially really after his battle with the the, the Nomu, who which we figure out is kind of it's a stronger, more like an updated version of it. You know, even after that battle, he he's really like oh like what is about to come. You know what is really about to happen. What is about to come? Yeah. Um, but Endeavor's growth has been something that has just really been great to watch, and great to just see how how they've been writing his story and how they've been making him into like making him into the number one hero and him like figuring out like bro like there's some things that I used to do before that don't work anymore. You know, him yeah. really taking that mantle and really being like, no, I'm the number one hero now. This is how I have to change and this is how I have to show up. Right. Um, I'm I'm super interested thus far. I'm kind of interested in like, I'm interested in it all, obviously. I love this friggin' thing. Um, I'm interested in it all because there's so many instances on the hero side where there's so many, it's like development and it's all, they're all building up in the same direction for something, right? Because to me, I mean, obviously one of the key characters in this that they've developed through this last arc, maybe the last two arcs is Hawks, who is the number three hero um, just in general. Maybe he's number two now. I think he's Uh, number two. Okay. So obviously they, they have a, they're supposed to have a relationship similar to all might and endeavor, but they don't have the same kind of like vitriol and hate, even though all the hate came from the endeavor side. Um, but Hawks is kind of laid back and he's kind of a cool guy. So he's not really going to have that hate. Um, endeavor. Yeah. Hawk is definitely, uh, TYN. He's, he's definitely, um, so I, and yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off too, but I oh, I enjoy Hawk too because I think Hawk Hawk definitely adds a sense of coolness. <laughs> like like Hawk's a cool character. He seems like a cool guy. Um, yeah, I I think just in general because I mean he is the only one who is able to infiltrate them kind of justly so, and I think he's able to infiltrate them because he generally he kind of still does believe. And all of the things that the Liberation Army is kind of about. And first of all, the, the Liberation Army feels like they have one on the inside. They desperately, they do need someone on the inside. Um, no one necessarily trusts him outside of twice um, on that side, rightfully so, by the way, because he is a hero and they hate all heroes. But yeah. no one trusts him outside of twice. 
And, but uh, even reading this, it's like, do I even trust him? For a long time, I wondered if he actually killed Vestinus, but it kind of looks like he's actually playing the double agent role um, just because of how, like, he's really trying to... He's the intel for the FBI. He's also the intel for Endeavor um, because I think he felt like he also needed to tell Endeavor to get these kids up to speed as opposed to letting the police handle this all and like trying to figure out how to handle it from there. Um, but he's an interesting character and he is, you know, he's someone who just, he's, he's just different from most of the heroes and most of the structural heroes and all the other stuff. He's very laid back. He's very cool. And it's, it's no wonder why he's so popular. Um, I even think I I don't know if you wanted to speak more about Hawk, but I also wanted to speak about the kids as well. Um, no, definitely. Um, you know, I, I think we kind of covered Hawk. I think, you know, I was in that moment too with you where I was like, is he is he gonna like is he gonna cross them? Like, you know, he he was he you know how he was. I he did have me on you no. Know, on edge of like, dang, I, I wonder if he's really gonna cross the heroes or is he really, you know, working with them? He he plays his double agent really well. Um, but so. and I think as much as they they keep him cool in interactions with other characters, his like inner dialogue of he's kind of frantic, like he's really actually nervous um, about what's what's coming. You know, he he has these moments where you know he's talking to himself, and he's like, "Bro, like I like, I have to not make a single mistake." Pretty much, like he had like even the poor he told them like, "So we have to stop communicating the way we're communicating. Like we have to communicate in complete code now, because like he he's so on edge of what might happen if he gets caught." Um, you know, and I think those moments. Are, are the moments I enjoy the most with him because, you know, once again, he is this cool character. He is this character that's really personable. Like, everybody likes him, you know? Even if they may not trust him or, or not, like, people like him. And, um, but to, but to see him in, like, have those inner monologues of he has this cool, you no know, exterior, but interior, like, inside, he's just, like, he's frantic. Yeah. Um, yeah. but no, like, uh, but no, Hawk, uh, was definitely... He's definitely a a good piece and a great component of all of this because really without him they have no plan. Um, yeah, I think without him there's also the you know you don't build up the there's an uncertainty kind of thing there's a story type of thing you kind of need that double agent and they're also incorporating a new character that's like cool and um we see how you know things go from there but. You know, I quickly wanted to touch on also the kids and their kind of development. I think a lot of, I mean, outside of Deku himself and maybe just, you know, Todoroki and Bakugo as well, all of their development kind of happens off screen. It is hinted that they do have a sizable amount of development. They're doing their work studies as usual. They're getting stronger. They're going through these real life situations. They're doing all these things. So they are becoming quite formidable. And they're still in their first year, which is like blowing my mind. It's, it's Yeah, it's like this, like, like there's three more months of like their first year. And they're <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't wait for three more months. Um, but they're still in their first year. But probably the most significant change is that like, Deku is now acquiring quirks from the past users 
of um, All for One. Um, and it's a phenomena that hasn't been with any of the other All for One users. Um, and it's something new, and they're going through it as they're going through it. He's already got the Black Whip one. Apparently, he's going to learn how to fly. That's cool. Um, yeah, that's yeah. They're they're definitely um, they're loading my man up. Like they're he's turning into a creative player now. Um, you know, you ever? Yeah, I'm not sure like, how I feel the, all about this. That you're getting also like you got one of the strongest quirks, but then you're also getting like mad supplementary quirks as well. Like Batman <laughs> or something. With the yeah, he's stuff, he's definitely like quirks. Yeah, he's loading up. Um, it's like when you create a player on 2K and give him all the badges. Um, yeah. That's kind of what's happening with him. It's like uh, Mega Man where you get all the extra powers. Like you get the Cutsman's type of thing. And then you get like <laughs> um, the Fire Guys thing and like the Water Guys thing and all these other stuff like that. So he's loading up on Quirk. So I'd say that's pretty the most sizable development. But they're also preparing for, to me. There's so many scenes. I mean, I could do, I could go two hours on this, but we're just not going to. But like, there's so many things. I love the scene where the teachers are in there and you get the sense of kind of like the seriousness where they're talking about like the government agency wants us to do like these, like these little sessions, these little, like these work studies. Essentially, they want them to go harder in work study. And I was like, are they preparing these kids for war? That's insane. And they're like, they just want them to be prepared for kind of like any instance that happens. So it's like, you know, they're going to need all of the manpower that they get. And it's kind of like they're continuing to build up to this moment. And then, but, you know, in terms of, you know what? I don't know if you have anything to say about heroes um, or the rest of the heroes. Did you Did you see anything necessarily that you like enjoyed? I think one thing that um, outside that we were talking about, but even just a supporting cast, you can really start to sense that these kids have really gone through a lot. You know, really gone yeah. through a lot their first year. Um, and he, you know, they've really, um, you can kind of see sense an emotional type of toll that's kind of taking on them. Like they, they care for each other so much more now. And they're like pushing each other so much harder because of all the things they have been through, all the things they have seen. Um, and you can start seeing it in just in, in the little scenes of just like how, how they interact with each other now. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, it's crazy to, see, to, to think about because once again, like you said, they're only in their first year. So it's like after this year, like how, like how much more, <laughs> you know, how much bigger are they going to go with this? But, you know, it's, you know, for the hero side, you know, you're really starting to see, um, like I said, like just the growth and maturity of just heroes just all around. Um, the, you know, the stakes are just so much higher now, and you're just starting to see who's stepping up. Um, even even in my favorite character, Bakugo, like, you know, he's he's kind of having this endeavor moment where, you know, he is this hothead, he is this guy, this very arrogant guy, but... You know, when he joins the agency, even he's like, listen, I need to find out what my weaknesses are so I could become stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this sense of humility. There's this sense of, of you know, they've seen so much that they understand, like, listen, just knowing how to use my power isn't enough anymore. 
Um, so it's you know it's been for the heroes. It's been great to see that that growth in it and kind of that you know that humility that's starting to come with them. Uh, and just you know as they grow, hero and the responsibility that it has, one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and you know after all this, I think one moment that is that really did hit me though and it's really big because this is kind of the moment where um the heroes get the intel um and we kind of talked about it earlier before but was the one Eraserhead and president mike have to go see their friend who is a current nomu and we kind of figure out we figure out the backstory of nomus and to figure out they're they're these puppets pretty much you know they're they're you know deceased heroes or people that are being used as puppets and their their quirks are being used um and you, and you see this moment of Eraserhead talking to you know what was formerly his friend in a sense mm-hmm. um and, and you know having this emotional moment of him trying to kind of tap into like yo I know you're still in there I know you're this in this no mood this different form but like I know you're still in there that his soul and, is still in there, despite yeah, like, yeah, yeah. everything that has you know happened. His soul is still in there. Yes, and just that slight moment of his friend coming back and just being like hospital, and that just tad bit of information that just you know really opens up the floodgates of you know what what they can do now to to stay ahead of things. It's a. Uh... You know, I you know I was gonna talk about that moment too, because you know just real quickly in that moment the the words that he says in that instant is hospital, and it kind of leads up to this chapter we're talking about right like we're coming kind of full circle at this point because that's kind of like the key thing that they had and there's also just at that point they announced that there's a disturbance at a hospital and then you kind of go to a scene and it's like sugar rocky with mad mechanical tubes in him being like rocked to death and yeah you see dr ujuko pretty much what he's doing is he's giving him all of the power and it's kind of going to be scary about what he actually becomes but we haven't talked much about like Tomura Shigaraki's like post transformation, post the actual thing, because he's seeking more power. He's like, yo, I'm done playing around with these heroes. Like, it's time to fuck shit up. Like, that's essentially what it is. Um, his power has evolved, but he doesn't even want the, ch- he doesn't want to give, I don't even want to give him the chance. Like, you know, in nine <laughs> voice, like, you're not even going to get the chance. Stupid. Like, yeah, you're not even going to get that opportunity to kind of fool with me. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to essentially become stronger. And I think what the doctor is doing is kind of like, to me, what I think he's doing. It's preparing his body so he's able to hold multiple quirks similar to all for one Um, because it even is hinted at the fact that he's like, listen, I'm going to give you a power that even all for one can wield. And that is one for all. So I'm going to give you this power um, and hope that your body can sustain it. And if you do, you will be the ultimate weapon in itself. So that itself is kind of scary at all. But he hints at the hospital part of the entire thing. And, you know, we get to the disturbance at the hospital and then we learn about the doctor. I think all the intel is pointing to the same place. They get the picture with the little Nomu in the background and we figure out that Nomu is kind of like the warping Nomu. 
is the reason why they're all just kind of like disappearing um, from, you know, just from transport from here to there. And the last thing they want to do, and it's a similar thing, they're learning from their mistakes in the previous, you know, arc where they originally had all of them arrested when they jumped in and ganged up to save Bakugo um, before the big All Might and One for All fight. But they already had him there, and then they kind of like just transported themselves, and you're like, "Oh, I lost them!" Like, ugh. And <laughs> um, they want to get rid of that type of deal, and they realize like, you get rid of the doctor, you get a, rid of a lot of the all of our problems that we've been going through. So it's kind of like leading up to this moment that we have in this chapter. Everything is leading up. I mean, you talking about. And it's even stuff that I never actually like saw in the moment, but I'm seeing as I'm reading this thing back. And it's like, it's leading up there. It's leading up there. The fact that the doctor that was Deku in episode one is the same doctor that is now is blowing my mind still. Like, because, I mean, obviously they look similar, but I didn't think they were the same. I was like, God damn, pal. Um but there's so much things that are just building and leading and leading. It's beautiful. It is. And, you know, I think, I think the real battle that we're really building up to here is Shigaraki versus Deku. Like this is the real battle that we have not seen yet that they have been just teasing so much throughout the series. And I think this is really like where, all that kind of comes to, you know, it, it, it's all coming to together. And right. this is a moment where we're going to get that. And like that, I think also before you say anything, I also think that we're going to get a moment um, with Todoroki and his dad, because this is the first time they're fighting on the same side ever. Um, they're legitimately kind of like they're fighting the same kind of war together. And yeah, he, one is the number one hero, this guy is like the number one draft prospect um, ever, right? Like right now. So you kind of get that as well. Yeah, definitely. And like that is another thing that like throughout this story of just my heroes overall, there there's so many different little storylines that have you know really are just really compelling, and it's really nice to see that you know in this battle we're starting to see some of those things that happen. Like you said, like, you know, Todoroki and his dad finally fighting together. Like, what happens then, you know, when, you know, they have this long history of a riff, you know, now they're heading into into war pretty much together, you know, where, you know, they have to protect each other. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with Bakugo, you know, a guy who has, you know, who who has the same goal and who is a key opponent just like Deku, um, and, and just seeing what do they do with him? You know, do we get a moment where Deku and Bakugo like work together to you know defeat Shigaraki? Like, you know, there's so many things that we are about to you know that they're about to see that you know moments that we have kind of been waiting for. You know, moments that we have been just you know really been in a sense imagining in our own head of how it's gonna happen, and now we're about to really start seeing it happen. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's really fun, and I, I'm, you know, I'm really happy how they did this. Um, you know, I, I'm really happy of how intense they've made this. 
um, because they could have easily, they could have, you know, spoon fed us, you know, what we wanted. They could have made this such a like, and in a sense, a smoother process. But you know, they they didn't. They they added like a lot of stake. They added a lot of, um, you know, a lot of pressure in the situation. You know, they kept us on the edge of our seat of even just how Shigaraki get to the point of where he's kind of this king of villains. How he even got there was kind of like, oh, like, oh, my God, like, you know, you, you, you're on the edge of your seat. Um, and I just I just love how they kind of just tied all these things together and, and kind of let us wait for it. Let it marinate. Let us kind of, you know, second guess things and, and want to see how things are going to work out. And now they're starting to to tie those together um and i you know just applaud to them of just how they how well of a job done to keep us interested in it because i really feel there was kind of a moment where i was like all right this is getting boring to me mm. yeah you know i guess you know when you see it as part of the bigger picture it becomes a lot more thing i agree with you in that aspect i thought you know just at various points i wouldn't say it was getting boring because i i love this entire show um and i love this entire premise of things but when i think when you're going through the things and you're not really seeing like okay we're leading up to something big and when you eventually get there i mean this is all paid off like we're looking at all this in the background and we're just like yo this is wild actually like all this is kind of coming together and all this is building to this one kind of singular moment so i think there's so much going on here i think we're in for something really really big they seem to capture the professor or they're on their way to capture the professor. Um, who knows if the professor will snake out their grasp if uh, Shimmeru Togoroki, uh, not Shimmeru, Tomoroki, Tomoru Shigaraki will bust out that like lab thing and start like choking people and disintegrating their throats. Who knows if all that will happen? But Yo, he does have like a really... Now he does have like a, like a real super villain, yeah, type of power. Like yeah, it, it could you end know just really really quickly. You know, in like not just like end them, but like it, like in a it's kind of like mutilating them, like just let, making their body just decay. Like that's such a super villain type, you know, quirk to have. Um. Quick question though, sure. Outside of Deku versus uh, Shigaraki and all that, who are two or like you know a villain and a hero that you want to see go like head to head with each other during um, this? Like, let's see. I can say, I don't know. Hmm. I want to see. Oh, there's a couple things that I want to see. Um, what's Homegirl with the shape shifting type of ordeal? And now she oh um people's quirk, um, from the paranormal. Toga. Toga. Yeah. So she's got some beef with um, what's her face? Um, floaty boots. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, um, um, there's so many you're names. A... It's why I guess. Yeah, Yura, I think it's Yuraki or something along those lines. But she's got a lot of beef with Ochako Yuraka. There you go. Um, 
So Toma has a lot of beef with her. Some, uh, you know, Toga is just like, well, I would say the beef of just like, whoa, they both kind of like the same guy. And it's like, also like, bitch, don't steal my man type of ordeal. Uh, Dang, they're, they're really going to have a Monica Brandy moment. Yeah, they might. I mean, you know what? You know what's so fly? You know what's so fly? That's go understated in that whole, like, we just saw that the overhaul thing. Deku did that in front of both girls who dig him. And it's like, it was some super fly shit. And <laughs> I, both of them were extremely, I don't want to say the word I'm going to say. I feel like we should do PG on this. Um, but both of them were extremely, uh, you know, uh, I would say aroused when they saw their <laughs> man. Um, Deku came in out the sky with a giant fist and destroying people. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, come on, Deku. It's actually, you know, killing it right now. But that's something that we could see. Um, you know? Definitely. Um, well, pal, uh, I'm very happy that you came. Uh, thank you so much for coming and joining uh, me to talk about this amazing kind of like this just amazing story, this amazing build up that we are about to fully experience together um you know uh yeah oh can i can i do like lookout stuff can i, can I talk about that um you can tell them that you can follow the lookout but i think we can spread much more of the joy a little bit later on um, okay but we so, do have things planned yeah for sure so if you are following the RNC Radio Live on Twitter, on Instagram, you should now follow at the Lookout RNC on Twitter. Um, very big things coming soon, but yes, follow the new page or our new page. All things anime, all things manga. Um, yeah, follow us at the or at the Lookout RNC on Twitter. Um, you can follow me at uh, Jamal SLM on Twitter and Straw Hat LJ on Instagram. Uh, Mills. Yeah, you can follow me at Mills CV on Twitter. That's where you should pretty much follow me. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to promote my Instagram. I don't really got a lot of things going on there. But, oops, sorry. Um, but yeah, definitely follow me on there and stay tuned. We have a lot of stuff coming. I'll just say that. We do. Yes, definitely. Once again, thank you so much uh, for coming, Mills. Um, always a pleasure having you on. Uh, to whoever is listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, once again, stay plus ultra. Peace.